Well, it's been a strange couple of years for all of us around the globe. And one of that is that some of my favorite musicians have not been out there touring, but they've stayed busy online and in their own communities. And one of those is Andrew Collins. He last came through Virginia, I guess, three, four years ago before the pandemic hit. And we'd had conversations about getting him back in. And then all of a sudden, 2020 arrived. (laughs) <laughs> but fortunately, Andrew's been up there in Toronto staying real busy, and he's got this great new album out called Love Away the Hate, and if technology's on my side, Andrew's out there right now. You there? Yes, Peter, I'm here hap- happily. <laughs> Thrilled to get to chat with you and see you. For those Likewise. who don't know, uh, Andrew and I are doing this Zoom-wise, so we get to chat with each other. But for those listening, we're going to have the chance to catch up with Andrew as well over this next hour or so. Andrew, for those who don't know you, let's talk about how you started down the road of music as your career. Well, I'd say the the seed that was first planted was I I was listening to bluegrass and kind of hippie country music as well uh in high school john hartford and ozark mountain daredevils and and you know olden in the way but it wasn't until i heard the first david grisman quintet album that the seed was planted and i instantly became a lover of the mandolin and wanted to play right from then i was probably 18 when i first discovered the david grisman quintet and i really wanted to play it immediately but i just didn't think that I would ever spend the hours required to get where I would want to be. So I'd actually put it off for another five years. Uh, I was living as a ski bum out in Whistler and, um, you know, do already doing something that made no money just for the passion of it. So music is not a huge shift from that. And um, I saw the David Grisman quintet play in Bellingham, Washington um, in May of when was it? Wow. 25 years ago. What year was that? Uh, uh, 97, 98, somewhere in there. And um, the day after seeing the David Grisman Quintet live, I I basically broke down and bought my first mandolin. And then it took over my life. I fell in love with it as the next ski season approach, uh, next ski, ski season approached. Sorry. I was deciding, am I going to spend the year focused on backcountry skiing, which was a passion as well, um, but very time consuming. Or do I want to devote a year to the mandolin and just see what I can do in that year? And I chose to do that. And within six months of that experiment, I knew I wanted to do it for the rest of my life and for my life. <laughs> and the, the rest is history, as they say. <laughs> well, you, of course, are from Canada. So I am curious how you first heard, whether it's bluegrass or the DGQ, was that you're originally from the Toronto area, which I know is that, a big that's music right. haven for a lot of folks. So was it someone you knew recommending it or how, how did you first hear that music? Well, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with the Lonesome Ace string band. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, well, Chris Cool and I went to high school together. Ah, okay. So it was all through him. He introduced me to it. And actually, not only did he 
inspire me to play it, but it was actually knowing him that kept me from playing as long as it did because I saw how much work went into his music. And I'd, I'd had guitars a number of times through my life previously, and I didn't realize that I was missing an outlet for it. So I'd practice for like a couple of weeks and I'd lose interest and the guitar would collect us. I'd sell it. And then a couple of years later, I'd buy another guitar. And I think deep down I wanted to play, but I didn't know what I needed to do to um, keep the inspiration and to enjoy practicing. And um, so seeing Chris work as hard as he did and, and I just couldn't imagine myself doing that. But um, once I finally got a mandolin and, and was playing a music that encouraged jamming and was actually practicing music that I was listening to, it I realized that the outlet was what I was missing. And I loved practicing. And, and for those first five years, especially, I was practicing eight hours a day, probably on average. I was jamming almost every night. I was busking. I was doing everything I could to have the mandolin in my hand all the time. And so it wasn't discipline it was um hedonism <laughs> oh, sorry the I've dog cello as well, so. <laughs> yeah i was just waiting for one or both of my dogs to do the same as my listeners know it's pretty common to have yeah. one of my two dogs come in and say hey i'm here too so well it only seems appropriate since we're talking about dog music Egg, there you go. I love that. <laughs> well, you know, talking about missing things and staying involved with it, obviously the world kind of changed two years ago and you found a way to keep the music going. But at the same time, I know there's been part of you that's been missing getting out there and playing as well. Oh, yeah. Um, I previous to this, I mean, I was a reluctant social media person, you know, having the trio solidified the need to be on Facebook and Instagram. And I was a um, poor uh, utilizer of the mediums because <laughs> I, I was very reluctant. And but early in the lockdowns, I started a series that was just really supposed to be a one off at first called the Isolationist's Guide to Mandolin, which was like sort of a festival style workshop series where I'd get three guests to join me and we'd each play a couple tunes and then just answer questions. And the very first one had David Benedict and Joe Walsh and Adrian Gross wow. as the guests. And it, it was uh, surprising to me, it was surprising how successful it was. And so I kept it going. It was a biweekly thing. And I did probably like 12 or 14 of them, all different styles of music. The first one was just Isolationist Guide to Mandolin. And then the next one was Isolationist Guide to Bluegrass and Isolationist Guide to New Acoustic Music and Celtic Music and the big mandolin families. And got to connect with so many uh, good friends that are mandolin players from all over North America, all over the world. And even got to meet some of my heroes through this. And then it slowly evolved into uh, late in that first summer, I, I thought, well, maybe I'll try doing just an instructional workshop. Um, and I did the Isolationist Guide to Improvisation. And um, that, so that was just me teaching. I, I really enjoy teaching um, and especially like teaching groups more than I like teaching private. I mean, I do like teaching privately, but really enjoy teaching large groups. And I think that's sort of where my skill, my talent, or if you could call it that lie. So that 
became the focus from there on. And I've done 15 two hour instructional workshops that are still available. And, and through that, I got into, you know, in a, as a way to promote these workshops, started getting heavily into videography and, um, it actually rekindled a passion for photography that I've had at various times in my life. So it kind of reinvented my life as a way to just be keeping busy and trying to work without having to be on the road. Cause that wasn't even an option then. And thankfully it kept me afloat and developed some new skills over that time. Well, if folks wanted to find those past workshops, where would they go to look? Um, AndrewCollinsTrio.com. There's a menu page called Workshops, and you can see them all listed there. And you can purchase the full videos with handouts all included and ask me any questions. There's really like in each workshop, a two-hour workshop, there's really, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, if you really dug into it, you could spend years working on each one of them. So, And they all cover different facets of mandolin playing improvisation, harmony, rhythm playing, um, learning techniques. So it's really um, uh, everything I know about learning mandolin. (laughs) And of course, the reason we're chatting today besides about that is you had a hankering to start recording something. And in the past, I know you've written, you know, with the Andrew Collins trio in mind, but of course, you're a great multi-instrumentalist besides the mandolin. So what got you thinking, I need to start writing new material for me to do? Well, interestingly, it was these workshop series. I, I was posting videos. At, I was trying to do keep up with it weekly, videos of me just playing solo mandolin. And um, at first I was doing a bunch of standards and then I was mixing in some of my original tunes. And I started getting on a kick of just wanting to, I was starting to write some tunes for the workshop. So like there was a workshop where um, there was a a composing workshop where we wrote a tune in the workshop. um, And there was one where playing up the neck. So I wanted to show um, an up the octave variation of a tune. And I was like, oh, well, I may as well just write them as I go. (laughs) And I, I also had played, you know, speaking of the trio in all my previous career, I'd always written for ensembles. So a lot of my music is kind of hard to jam because they're very arrangement oriented and there are lots of parts that don't necessarily repeat. And I wouldn't even know how to jam a lot of it because it's all planned arrangements, lots of improvising and all that. But so writing all this material and doing all these videos, I was trying to write stuff that was, much more melodic so it didn't require accompaniment and and um i was really kind of taking a page out of matt flinner's book of just trying to write just get it done and write tunes quickly not trying to reinvent the wheel i love traditional music i mean i've played bluegrass like i love new acoustic music but bluegrass is also a huge passion so writing just tunes that were you know straightforward you didn't have to learn some elaborate arrangement is where all this stuff sort of started and and um as you know the by the time i was in the fall of 2021 i had an album's worth of material and was originally planning on just recording getting the community getting chris cool and all the guys that are in toronto 
to just like bang out the tunes in like a one or two day session. But as the new year was approaching, all this music arose out of this isolation that I'd never experienced before. I've never played solo and by myself um, so much ever <laughs> previously to this last couple of years. So it kind of seemed appropriate to me, at least to keep it a really personal album and just do everything myself. And I've never really been a fan of like string band music that is all multi-tracked and definitely not been a fan of albums that is just one person playing everything. I, they don't always, to me, sound um, uh, live and dynamic. And so with that in mind, taking this on, my chat, my goal was to create something that actually, what would be a weakness, I was trying to turn into a strength and try and make it feel personal and dynamic and not like one person just laying down a bunch of parts. And I guess it'll be up to the listeners to decide if I was successful or not. <laughs> cool. It's funny you mentioned that. One of my favorite releases of last year was from cellist Caitlin Rates. Oh, yeah. Something called Me, Myself, Myself, and I. Yes. And I had that sense of how you described that with her album. And as I listened to your album, I had that same feeling where I was getting to see different sides of that musician. And so I. Glad you brought that up because to me, and she's both a, funny you should mention her because she's actually her videography and photography kind of has and 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 her pro that project as well was one of the many inspirations that mm. that got me wanting to do this. So mm. I'm all, I actually am doing photography for artists now and doing music videos. I did all of Chris Cool's recent music i mean i've been recording him for years but have done a bunch of videos for him over the last year and a bunch of photography as well so she's uh, i'm i'm happy <laughs> that that this brings her to mind <laughs> absolutely well we've got some incredible tracks on here and before we get into it i also want to mention one of my favorite things not just your music is you come up with some really great titles for your pieces and it's been that way for a long time and you sometimes there are the double entendres in what you write <laughs> and not, not necessarily on this first one. It's a great title, but it doesn't have a double entendre. I don't think, but I miss you already. How did this one come to be? Well, this was one that I was, um, I was doing a video for before I even had the tune written. I was like, okay, I'm going to record an original tune. And I don't have one in mind. So I'm just going to set up the camera and quickly make up a tune. And this one just really jumped out of the mandolin. Like it was, it wrote itself in surprise, like in minutes, it just was there. And at the time that day, in fact, later that day was the funeral of my aunt, my auntie Sheila, who I was close with and um, because of the restrictions, I wasn't able to attend her funeral. Um, I watched it on my iPhone crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was, um, you know, it was for her. So that's, that's how that tune came about and how it was named. Well, let's give a listen. I miss you already. The first track on Andrew Collins new album, love away the hate. Mm -hmm. 
from Andrew Collins' new album, Love Away the Hate. That was I Miss You Already. And we're going track by track through this album with Andrew. And Andrew, you talked about how you've gotten into excuse me, into videography and photography. What was, were you kind of learning as you went along or were you watching YouTube videos on, how did that all start? Well, I've had photography in my life at various times, many times, actually, when I was, uh, you know, 14 years old, I was into uh, a camp that I went to had, it was kind of like my uncle owned the camp, actually my auntie Sheila and uncle, her husband, uncle Ben owned a camp that I went to that was um, kind of unique. It was like, they called it a sports and art center where it was, I think a lot of sleepover camps, you're in a cabin group and you just do all these activities together. But at this camp, they really, something that my uncle and aunt was really important to them was striving for excellence. So what they created were these programs where you chose what you were doing. They got these wonderful masters of all these different disciplines to teach sports and arts. And you would basically pick your majors and minors, just like if you're at university. And um, something I had no idea I was interested in, but I signed up for a photography class at this camp. And it was like working in the dark room, black and white, and you could shoot unlimited reams of film, rolls of film. And, um, and within like a couple weeks of getting into it, I spent, I then spent the next two summers, like super into photography. And then it kind of waned. And when I was into backcountry skiing, I was a big part of backcountry skiing is seeing these beautiful landscapes and mountainscapes that, and plays of light that you just would never see unless you're there. And so I got back into photography at that time and um, a couple other times through my life. So um, when I, I mean, I started first just shooting videos with my phone and and then I bought um, my first Sony mirrorless camera that um, to shoot video. And yeah, I started devouring YouTube videos about it. And and it's a great hybrid camera. So really, really, I'd never actually shot with a, such a professional digital camera Um before and the images like it just inspired me so I, I i mean yeah i was probably doing a lot of youtube video watching for photography as well and and um yeah the the hook was set and when i get into something i'm like really into it it's one of my greatest strengths and one of my greatest weaknesses because <laughs> everything else falls at the wayside sometimes but kind of, in if- this in this skill set at least it fit with my profession in some way and could augment it and if folks want to see some of the videos you've shot, at least in the last couple of years, uh, your website, but also uh, do you post them anywhere else? Do you have a YouTube channel where folks could find them? I've got it. I have a YouTube channel, Andrew Collins Trio, maybe. I can't even remember what my YouTube channel is. You can get, you can link to it from my website and also Instagram, um, Andrew Collins Trio Music. And um, I actually have a uh, just music, like just a production website that is just about ready to go live called Sight Sounds Productions, spelled S-Y-T-E-S-O-U-N-D-S productions.com. 
Um, my music production business has been called Sight Sounds for the last 15 years already, but adding video and photography to it finally made the name make sense. <laughs> gotcha. And I suspect you'll have a link for that at andrewcollinstrio.com as well. Yes. Well, for those just tuning in, we are going track by track through Love Away the Hate with Andrew Collins. And we're coming up to the second track, Chris Sutter. Yes. So Chris um, is a student. Well, he started out as a student, but we've become friends over the course of this pandemic. He lives in Georgia and um, our lessons started out being, you know, the standard 45 minute lesson, but we've, you know, often we can have conversations that range all kinds of topics that sometimes are less, they're not, I can't even call them lessons anymore, but our get togethers can last up to two hours. Anyhow, he's a very good mandolin player and really inquisitive. And we've, we'd been talking about composing and I was giving him some ideas for ways to compose where you just take an idea from another song, not necessarily like musical notes, but whatever it was that was your favorite aspect of a tune that you learned, whatever inspired you to learn it and try to take that as a, as a um, thesis to write something new with. And so we'd had this lesson and the next day I, I was like, well, I should, I'm going to do, I'm going to take a page out of my own book and just follow my own advice. And I'm going to write this tune. And, um, and so since it was for him, I made a quick video of it and sent it off to him. Here's my, what I did. And, uh, since it was written inspired by our conversation, I dedicated the tune to him. Well, let's give a listen to Chris Sutter from Andrew Collins, new album, love away the hate.
Chris Sutter, the second track on Andrew Collins' new album, Love Away the Hate. And we've got Andrew with us as we're going track by track through it. And Andrew, you've obviously stayed busy the last couple of years, but I think I read somewhere that there was a real burning desire to record these because there's been a lot of strife these well, I think it goes more than just these last couple of years between folks and just how it's getting harder and harder to find people to agree on even simple things. <laughs> yes, I, I would say. Um, and I, I'd say the isolation and, you know, Canada is one of the most locked down countries in the world. We're just kind of coming out of it. Um so that isolation, I think, has also fed that separation. And um, But if you watch one political-leaning news and watch another political-leaning news, you will get absolute opposite um, information. Yes. And it's, yeah, it's, hard sorry, to, yeah. it's hard to know what the truth is. <laughs> Yeah, well, here in the U.S., of course, last year on January 6th, there was an insurrection, but certain stations were covering it and others didn't even bother to mention it. That That is absolutely the inspiration for this tune. And actually, this so this is a Mandola tune that um, this is one that also was like a five minute writing that I wrote the day, the morning I started tracking it because I was like playing Mandola all over the album, but I didn't have any Mandola tunes per se. And so I was just like, oh, I should write one this morning. And um, we had some pretty similar, um, well, there was a huge protest in Canada that was, uh, depending on what news, I mean, actually, generally speaking, it was pretty much not reported, but being reported in very um, extreme opposite ways. So this, you know, in the the concept, well, the original song will the revolution or the revolution uh, will not be televised just kind of fit the mood of the moment when I wrote that tune. And um, it's, if you ask that as a question, um, I might suggest the answer is no. <laughs> well, let's give a listen to the revolution will not be televised from the new album, love away the hate from Andrew Collins. Thank you. 
revolution will not be televised from love away the hate from andrew collins out now and andrew where can folks find this album well it's streaming in all the all the likely places but um if you want to get a physical copy or just own the download yourself or um, get a PDF or physical book of transcriptions for this album, which I've also made, you can get those also at andrewcollinstrio.com in the music section. You'll see a link at the, at the homepage. So it's easy, uh, not easy to miss. <laughs> That's andrewcollinstrio.com. And as he just said, you can also get the transcriptions for this album as well. We are going track by track through the album and we're coming up to a pony named Fox. Yeah. So, um, this, the name for this tune, uh, arose out of, you know, this world of misinformation, all kinds of rumors are always going around and there was, um, you know, this huge protest in, in Ottawa and Canada that, and like, again, you just don't know what's true and what's not true. And, and, um, you know, people trying to make something, make the government look scary. Sometimes these rumors start flying around. And one of my, uh, one of the ones that came across my screen at some point was this story of that the police were planning on, um, injuring a horse to blame the protesters on. And there was, uh, they were, it, they were going to say that the horse's name was Fox in relation to connect it to Terry Fox, who's a Canadian hero who died of cancer, who did this heroic um, run across the country to raise awareness for cancer in the eighties, maybe seventies, even actually late seventies. Um, and this story just seemed so ridiculous and um, interesting <laughs> that I decided I'd name a tune after it, you know, tongue in cheek sort of way. Well, let's go listen to a pony named Fox from. Well, and this tune was actually, oh, sorry, let me just, uh, yep. one, this tune was heavily, heavily, it was actually written to sound like it came from Norm, a Norman Blake album called uh, Natasha's Waltz is the name of the album with Peter Strushko and Carl Jones and Nancy Blake, um, which is this was Norman called it um, hillbilly chamber music. And it was his, his own response to dog music. So oh. he was writing his like, it's a little more traditional sounding tunes, but all mandolin family. And so it was my attempt at emulating uh, a Norman Blake vibe from that. Well, let's give it a listen and see if we can pick up on that Norman Blake vibe. A Pony Named Fox from Love Away the Hate out now from Andrew Collins.
from Andrew Collins, Noel, and Love Away the Hate. That was a pony named Fox. And Andrew, so far we've really just been focusing on your playing the mandolin, and I mentioned that you're a multi-instrumentalist, and we've heard some other instrumentation in here. What are the other instruments that we're listening to in this album? So uh, tons of mandolin, mandola. So those two are on almost everything. Um, Mando cello, guitar. There's tons of guitar on the album. I mean, I'm an acoustic guitar player as well. And I even uh, bore my soul and and uh, played some fiddle on the album. <laughs> I'm curious. The fiddle, of course, and the mandolin do have the relationship. But when did you first pick up the fiddle? Early in my mandolin playing. Actually, the very f- I bought my first fiddle the first summer that I had been playing mandolin, I came back to Ontario and um, went with some friends to uh, well, it was called Gray Fox at the time, but uh, Winter Hawk. Is that what's called now? I can't remember. <laughs> um, Gray Fox, anyhow. And um, I bought, you know, a cheap hundred dollar fiddle down there. So I've been playing violin for almost as long as I've been playing mandolin. But the way I like to put it is in my first uh, five years of playing mandolin, I probably put 25 years of practice, the average person's 25 years of practice in the first five years of playing. Whereas with the violin, I've put about five years worth of practice in my first 25 years of playing. (laughs) So (laughs) I've had moments where I've really, really worked hard at it but it's never been sustained at the same way the mandolin has. I love the violin, but it is, it is, uh, you know, a real ego crusher. So you have to, it's not for the faint of ego. (laughs) Well, Mike Seeger told a fiddler here in town when he first picked up the fiddle that, well, for the first five years at home, stay at home and play it on your own. And then when you've finally gotten that five years behind you, then you can come out and start sitting in on the jams because otherwise you won't feel confident enough. And the guy said almost to the day he, after five years, he walked out and he said, okay, I can do this now. Right. Well, I haven't said that yet. (laughs) I mean, I'm, there's some truth to that. The trio has always on all of our albums, there's some twin fiddle stuff. And I, I feel, um, more comfortable as a fiddle player when I'm trying to blend with someone Um, on this album. If this concept weren't about me, (laughs) me, me and me, um, then I would have, you know, gotten one of my incredible fiddle player friends to play the violin on it. But I kind of just wanted this to be, you know, even though it's multi-tracked, I still kind of feel like this album is one of my most honest albums. So just accepting the violin. I mean, I don't think it's terrible, but it's it. I don't put it at the same standard as my mandolin playing. Put it that Understood. way. <laughs> well, you know, you just mentioned because you did all the tracking yourself. And I talked earlier about Caitlin Rates' album. And obviously it's one person laying down all the tracks. Caitlin has found some other cellist out there so she's been able to do little tours and perform with those artists have you thought about possibly taking some of these and 
inviting some of your friends who play the different instrument the different instruments to join you maybe for a night out and well I, I i may do something like that as a cd release in toronto um this material because it's so traditional it's very easy to adapt for different bands so the trio has already we had our first gigs um a couple of weeks ago and we're already playing some of this material so i i feel like it, I, I'm not I'm not attached to having to perform it exactly as it was recorded because it was such a fluid mo- like moment in time. I kind of as I was adding parts, I didn't plan this album like I do any other all of my other albums. I just lay down the melodies. And as I was doing that, the arrangements kind of like after a few takes, I'd be like, oh, I'll, I'll maybe put a solo here or maybe I'll play rhythm and let another instrument take like, so all these ideas were just coming as I was doing it. And when I was laying down parts as well, like rather than running harmonies, like I would normally do, I just learned them on the spot. If it, if it occurred to me as it was happening. And so there's a lot of trust that it was just going to work out in the end. I mean, I think it did to my liking at least. Um, So we're playing the material already. And um, I, I was going to say you, you mentioned Chris cool. And I think a couple of years ago, you actually got together with Chris and I think he was playing banjo and you were playing the mandolin. And I think you recorded what you, you films the two of you doing one of the tunes that's on this album. Yeah. The, the title track, in fact, um, I wrote this tune right around the uh, 2020 election time and you know even from the four years previous there had been such an obvious shift in people's thinking once trump was in office i mean in canada you could feel it where canadians um always considered themselves to be you know polite i'm putting air quotes for that and 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 all of a sudden i started noticing people because Trump being in office, all of a sudden being comfortable saying, well, at least we're not American. And and that really bothered me, actually, because I, I don't, I know, you know, I can't dislike people because they have different beliefs than me. And I know people that are conservative and I know people that are liberal and particularly playing bluegrass music. I meet people of all kinds of beliefs and I don't. I think everyone's motivations are actually coming from a very similar place. They just have different information, different perspectives. And so I wrote this tune really in response to this ever increasing chasm between views um, and tried to write just a pretty loving melody that embraced love over hate. And um, it seemed a year and a half later to really be what I was still feeling and thinking when I wrote, when I was working on this album. So it became the title track. Well, let's give a listen. Love Away the Hate from Andrew Collins' new album. Thank you. 
the title track from Andrew Collins' new album, Love Away the Heat. And we're going track by track through this album with Andrew. And Andrew, you talked about playing pretty much full time for 25 years or so. And we're coming up to Silver Anniversary. And is that 25 years? That that is 25 years, and that's exactly what that tune was celebrating. <laughs> yeah, and and I, I mentioned writing a tune that explored going up the octave at, for this composition class, and that is actually the tune that I wrote. Um, I was just trying to uh, channel my inner Sam Bush on this simple G fiddle tune, mando tune, and. Um, have it be something that was accessible. And when I originally conceived it, I had no idea that it was going, like when I actually started laying down the parts even, I didn't, or laid down the melody, I didn't actually know that it was going to have this sort of Cajun-y, um, sort of shuffly vibe that it it took on. But when I, after laying down the part, it, I, it reminded me a little bit of the Hootenanny album with David Greer and Tim O'Brien and Dirk Powell. Yeah. And I can't remember which track, but there's a couple tracks where Greer is doing some really cool sort of boogie woogie-ish vibe on muted guitar bass run sort of thing that um, I emulated in this tune. Let's give a listen. Silver Anniversary from Andrew Collins' new album, Love Away the Hate. Out now on all the usual media platforms, but you can pick up a copy yourself over at andrewcollinstrio.com.
Silver Anniversary from the new album, Love Away the Heat, from Andrew Collins. Well, Andrew, we've talked about the trio, and you said you've actually been out playing a few gigs with them. Are you writing new material for the trio right now? or We actually have an album in the can. Oh. Um, this album, Love Away the Hate, actually leapfrogged it. <laughs> um, originally, the plan for that album, which is um, already has a name. It's called The Rule of Three. Um, uh, we recorded it in September of twenty. 20 so a while back and um the original plan was to have um a friend of mine who's actually been my engineer my audio engineering he, we're really good friends but he's also been my audio engineering mentor um david Travers smith he's mastered all the trio albums and was um he actually recorded mixed and mastered my first solo album little widgets which is how we became friends and ever since we've been great friends and he's in my opinion the best engineer in this in acoustic music in canada um and he was supposed to produce mix this album that um because of pandemic stuff and his own schedule getting all messed up it hasn't been mixed yet so i'm actually going to be taking the reins of it and mixing it over the spring. It should be out in the fall. So yeah, there's a whole album. I mean, we were supposed to go into the studio. We had, when the lockdowns first happened, um, we were on the road. We had a tour that was, the first half was in Winnipeg. So Northern Canada. And the second leg of the tour was supposed to be in Florida. <laughs> so a very difficult tour to pack for. <laughs> and, um, we were, I think we were actually the last, um, we may have played the only concert in Canada on our last show because it was in March, on March 16th oh. after everything, everyone had gone home, but we were in this rural part of the country in the middle of nowhere. And so that was the Monday night after everything. So there, there was already like runs on paper, on toilet paper and stuff back home. We're hearing all this craziness back home and we're still moving around in our normal, like touring bubble, staying in hotels. And, and because it was so uh, such a remote location our this show wasn't canceled and, or the, and none of those shows were canceled. And um, so, yes, <laughs> that's, that's what happened. <laughs> and um, yeah, we're looking forward to getting back at it. <laughs> now, do you ever record any of your own shows when you're out there or do you just kind of leave those as placeholders? No, I haven't. Um, but I'm starting to, uh, to be interested in doing that particularly cause I've got, I, I mean, I also, I've got, I could set up a, a couple camera setup and, and actually have, a couple interesting perspectives to be able to cut some live stuff with. So um, good idea. <laughs> That's why I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're going track by track through your great new album, Love Away the Hate. And we're coming up on the sounds like every other waltz. <laughs> yeah. Um, this was a tune. So on all of my trio albums and like new acoustic albums, there are tunes that are just, like 
meant to sound like another style of music and, and not be reinventing the wheel. But I'm usually trying, generally speaking, to push myself compositionally or technique wise and try to bring something new to the table all the time. And on this album, the idea wasn't, wasn't to do that. It was just to embrace playing stylistic bluegrassy old time music. And I was, you know, sitting with my mandolin in my hand, watching my kids just play one afternoon. And, and this, kind of waltz idea came to me. And honestly, like I could probably point at almost every phrase of this waltz. And it reminds me of another waltz. Like I, again, I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel with this. I, I was just embracing the cliche. I want it to sound like an old time waltz. And um, after it was written and recorded, I was like, wow, this really does sound like a lot of different waltz. It doesn't sound like one particular waltz, but it sounds like a bunch of them. So that's how the name arose. And interestingly, when I was just on tour a couple of weeks ago, um, James, the bass player in the trio, he put on some, some uh, Celtic uh, artists. I, I don't even remember who, and they're playing a waltz that I hadn't heard. And there were three phrases in it that sounded almost exactly like they came from this sounds like every other waltz. So I think it was really aptly named. <laughs> well, let's give a listen. The sounds like every other waltz from Andrew Collins, new release, love away. They hate. Thank you. 
from Andrew Collins' new album, Love Away the Hate. That was the sound like every other waltz. And we're going track by track through Andrew's new album with him out now on all the usual suspects. But as always, I encourage you to purchase the music to support the act, the artists that's taken the time to record these great albums. And, you know, the last couple of years have been lousy for a lot of reasons, but some (laughs) unbelievable recordings have come out of it. And at the end of each year, I always look at my top 10 and since 2020, I have to keep adding more and more because they're just albums that I need to add to it. And one of the things I've really loved is the number of instrumental albums that have come out. And this is another one where I'm just so thankful that we're getting these because there's some wonderful albums filled with songs, but there aren't enough instrumental albums out there. And for me, it's been a joy. And I just want to point out, Andrew, your last set of recordings, you had one album that was called The Tongue. The other one was The Groove. Mm -hmm. So I don't think I've seen other artists do that, where they put out two albums at the same time, one filled with songs and other instrumentals. What what gave you that idea, just to go back for a minute? Well, so with Tongue and Groove, um, the trio, you know, it was time to record another album. and, And I had... We, you know, in, in previous new acoustic bands that I played with, like, namely the Creaking Tree String Quartet was my main project for a number of years. And we, as a rule, even though the a couple of us sing, you know, Showman and I played in the Foggy Hogtown Boys together, which singing is a huge part of bluegrass music. And I love vocal music. Um, so when the, when the trio started playing, I, I decided that I didn't want it to just be instrumental music. I like the idea of drawing people that aren't just into instrumental music into the music. And if they are sitting through two full sets of just instrumental music, you can lose people. And there's so much great vocal music out there. Um, So as you know, as part of our show, it's always been about a third of the show and invariably (laughs) at the CD table, people would come up and say, Oh, which had that song on it, that Roger Miller song or, or whatever. And, um, so for that project, we, I, I wanted to do an album of, of covers and some original songs to capture that so that we could say, Oh, that one. And, you know, just as a challenge, you know, growing, I, of my own music, like the foggy Hawktown boys have recorded lots of vocal music, but I had never taken on an album of all vocal material myself. So it was a, a developmental challenge, like all these reasons why I, I like the idea. But as the session was approaching or as the time to record was approaching, I was like, well, we are also known as an instrumental group. And I I remember um, Tim O'Brien had released Cornbread Nation at the same time as um, uh, Fiddler's Green and the album artwork. It's different, but it's it's tied together by the style. Like they look like they're part of the same package. And so. I was like, well, we are still known as an instrumental group, so why don't we do an instrumental album at the same time? And we'll make it like a package where you can buy them separately or get that. And the artwork even is like they, you can tell that they look like they're um, connected, but when you actually place them together, the artwork is completed. So it really is a package deal where you just don't have to get both of them. <laughs> um, and um, my agent manager, Lisa Weitz, 
is this wonderful woman. And, and I didn't have a name for it. Actually, the original name for it was Song and Dance. And usually I'm not one. I really like having control over naming things and, and people will suggest, make suggestions. And if it's not just right, it just doesn't like, like, no, no, I'll, I'll, I'll figure something out. But we, we're having this kind of brainstorming session and she came up with tongue and groove and it was like, Oh, that's it. That's perfect. And um, yeah. So she gets naming credits for that. <laughs> well, we're going track by track through Andrew's, newest release love away the hate although you can find tongue and groove over at andrewcollinstrio.com as well and we're coming up to 1973 yes so this one was actually back to chris cool this is all about chris cool <laughs> he uh he and i you know we we're high school friends so we we're born the same year and he he's got a quirky sense of humor he's a very funny person anyhow he uh one day last summer, he called me up and he's like, oh, I got something for you. And you never know what it is. And Chris likes fashion. So every now and then, like he's always buying used clothing at thrift shops. And sometimes if he likes a, a shirt, he'll, um, even if it doesn't fit him, he'll like, oh, it'll fit him. So I'll buy it. So it much in, in keeping with that, he, he'd gotten on a brief kick of buying t-shirts online and he came across this web page um that had these shirts that had 1973 on them the year we were born <laughs> and so he got himself and he bought us both these matching t-shirts and um and it was another day where i was gonna post like record a video for for you know social media and didn't have a tune in mind i'm like oh maybe i'll write a tune for the t-shirt <laughs> and the idea was i was gonna play this tune and um, and at the end of it, put the mandolin down and you'd see 1973 on the t-shirt. And um, so that's what I did. And it wasn't until after I went to edit the video and color grade it and all that, that I noticed that the microphone that I'm playing into is actually right across the 1973. So you can't really even see that it says 1973 on it, but it was a tune written for um, the t-shirt. <laughs> well, let's give a listen. 1973 from Andrew Collins, latest love away the hate. A wonderful vintage. <laughs>
1973, a wonderful vintage, as Andrew said, from <laughs> the new album, Love Away the Hate. And we are doing this in 2022, which my math is right, means you're coming close to half a century on this planet. Yep, yep. Just turned 49 a week ago. It was actually the release date of the album. And I like to say that I was born in 1973 um, and... Um, oh, I can't remember the joke. Don't worry about it. We can skip the joke. I don't need to work on my uh, pre, pre-prepared pre material. <laughs> well, that brings up, you know, as we get older, we start to forget more and more, Andrew. Yes. So. <laughs> and before I forget, I want to remind folks, we are going track by track through this new album, Love Away the Hate, out now over at andrewcollinstrio.com. And of course, you can find it at the usual specs as well for streaming. And we're coming up now to the penultimate track, Crash and Burn slash 2020, You Are a Real Jerk. And this brings up how <laughs> I just love Andrew's titles. <laughs> yeah. So, well, the first, so it's a medley of tunes. And the first one, Crash and Burn, was named, I, I mentioned that I was doing these workshops and one of them was a composition one. And the idea was to take a piece of something you like and use it as your thesis and, and, um, on one of John Hartford's albums, he put words to the tune Cuckoo's Nest, perfectly John Hartford-esque uh, words to it, um, which are kind of silly, but also he had this knack, like Roger Miller also had this knack for not only using words that are clever and insightful and and can encapsulate a lot of ideas in very few words, but also like sonically are very lyrical sounding. And anyhow, Sam Bush played on this album and Norman Blake, and they they pass around Norman's uh, mandolin on this. And Sam Bush, um, I love the way he played the melody to the traditional tune Cuckoo's Nest on it. And so I took this cool turnaround, the way he ends the A part and B part, um, which is just like a bar and a half of music. And I made it the thesis for this tune. So it was the A, the beginning parts of the, of, the tune. So while I was doing the workshop, I sent everyone off for 10 minutes to attempt to write something in that 10 minutes. And so that's how it got the name crash and burn. Now, the other one um, I wrote on new year's day, 2021 and not knowing what 2021 was going to bring. <laughs> I, um, I wanted to uh, encapsulate the angst and the, you know, everyone was already getting fatigued with the isolation and all that. And, and I wanted to encapsulate that energy in like a real old timey mandolin tune, something that was, in my opinion, edgy and a little angsty. And um, the name just wrote itself. <laughs> 2020, you were a real jerk. I didn't know what 2021 was going to bring or 2022 for that matter. <laughs> Well, let's give a listen. Crash and burn, followed by 2020. You were a real jerk from the new album Love to Hate, out now from Andrew Collins.
lovely medley there of Crash and Burn. And 2020, you were a real jerk from Andrew Collins' new album, <laughs> Love Away the Hate. Andrew, I'm curious, do you ever put tunes aside in your drawer and come back to them later on? Or- oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I, and, and then when it comes time for an album, I'll start mining, you know, and, and there I've, I do a lot of transcribing like for myself, particularly for like trio type repertoire. Cause there's often lots of intricate harmonies and, and arrangement stuff. So I'll, as those ideas come, I'll often transcribe them and I've got a folder of unused stuff that sometimes it's just like a part and, and I've come back and when I wanted to write something, but didn't have an idea and just like gone through these and, and seen if any rekindle ideas. So, and all this material from this album, I wasn't writing them for any purpose even. So it was just like, I had this log things sometimes when an album, when uh, a recording date is approaching, I'll assess what I have already. And then um, sometimes I'll, purposely write stuff to fill in gaps like if it's all up-tempo stuff or all super major then i'll be like oh and to contrast that i'll want some more minor or you know looking for different styles to add to it to augment it um in this case on this album because i was really embracing it being a traditional vibe somewhere between um like andrew marlin's um the cape and um you know, Caitlin Raitt's album. I, I didn't, I didn't write with any purpose in mind. It was just, except for that, like Mandola tune where I just wanted to have a Mandola tune. Um, but yeah, I've always got, uh, all, and also voice memos. I got into that. So sometimes I'll even forget that they even exist and I'll just go back to the voice memos. And there are all these little pieces of things that I can mine for ideas. So those tunes were hidden in, plain sight well and speaking of being hidden in plain sight or maybe i should say hiding in plain sight let's talk about (laughs) that last track yeah well that is i mean you mentioned earlier that um you like my names and they're double entendres and if you spend time in the van with the trio you'd know that we are a very punny group uh spend a lot of time with ridiculous puns anyhow i had noticed that my mandolin i've been playing mandolins oh sorry i've been playing mandolins uh built by michael hyden spelled h-e-i-d-e-n my whole career but i've had this mandolin uh number 89 uh which is actually a track on a foggy hogtown boys album that i actually wrote the day i got that mandolin um uh i've had this mandolin for 15 years now it is the only mandolin i have and the only mandolin i'll ever want and I wanted to write a tune to honor that anniversary as well. It was a big one. And um, so I wrote this tune, Hiding in Plain Sight. <laughs> Let's go Can't help listen. myself sometimes. <laughs> hey, as I said, I, and you mentioned, I'm a huge fan of your titles, and this explains why.
the final track on Andrew Collins' new album, Love Away the Hate. And Andrew, well, thanks for taking the time to sit down and go through all the tracks on this great new release. And fingers crossed, we'll get to see you maybe playing south of the border, maybe even down in Florida. Or The, the plans are in the works, so it's only a matter of time. I And obviously, we'll make any chance we can, uh, any opportunity to stop by there. We will jump on. We'll have we'll have that Mexican food again. I can't remember where we ate, but it was an amazing meal. <laughs> and uh, hopefully, take fun. the dogs for a walk. Perfect. I love it. And of course, when the Andrew Collins Trio's album is out, let's do this again. I, I'll. You'll be the second to know. I'll, I might be first to know. <laughs> Fair enough, Andrew. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, Peter. Have a great day.